Welcome to the Language Games Podcast. My name is John Kaus. Today is part 17 of our Van Til's Apologetic series. Last week we refuted Richard Howe's ontology versus epistemology objection. And this week we're going to end our series by looking at whether Van Til's apologetic is necessarily reformed. And I'm going to argue that Van Til's apologetic is not necessarily reformed from what has been demonstrated. I guess I'm not really even going to argue for that. I'm just going to, I guess, pose the challenge <laughs> that um, if this has been demonstrated, then I'd like to see it because I, I haven't seen it in Van Til's works, haven't seen it in Bonson's works, and I haven't seen it in subsequent works to, to what they did. I think Van Til's apologetic is necessarily reformed, but it hasn't been demonstrated to be that. It hasn't even been loosely shown to, to be that. You say, well, what is reform? What does it mean for it to be reformed? Well, and this is a little tricky to define because this term has different meaning based on you know whether we're in 1750 or today. Uh, I think if we're just trying to get to a, a rough approximation to what we mean by reformed here, um, it would be that the five points of Calvinism, TULIP, is uh, those doctrines, right, that this apologetic is in line with those doctrines. In fact, the apologetic is, is uniquely marked by those doctrines. So those doctrines are inherent necessarily to the apologetic. And you say, well, but Reformed theology also is, you know, Scripture alone, the five solas, right? Scripture alone, faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone, God's glory alone. Well, TULIP, though, uh, implies a lot of those, and it's intertwined with uh, two through five for sure. And then, of course, we get at it through Scripture alone. So Scripture alone is really just a basic uh, belief that would, have, would even be broader than, or would be used by even non-Reformed people. So, I mean, evangelicals today, they wouldn't call themselves Reformed, would hold to Scripture alone. All right, so let's just say, for the sake of conversation, that Reformed here means Calvinistic. Just, just so we can, and if you want to argue that Van Til a little broader definition of reformed, I'm fine with that. That's okay. But let's just, for the sake of conversation, say it's Calvinistic. All right, so let's go through some of Van Til's writings to show how strong he was on this point, that it is reformed. He writes, It has already become plain that this implies a refusal to grant that any area or aspect of reality, any fact or any law of nature or of history, can be correctly interpreted, except to be seen in the light of the main doctrines of Christianity. So the main doctrines of Christianity make up the Christian worldview, and the Christian worldview is necessary for knowledge. It is the precondition for knowledge. Okay, well, if the apologetic then is inherently reformed or Calvinistic, then those doctrines must then be part of the main doctrines of Christianity. But nowhere has Van Til demonstrated or shown that to be true? Because, right, the main doctrines of Christianity are plain. They're plainly taught in Scripture. So if you go back to the Young Earth Creation series that we did previously, we, we, we talked about this subject, about what, what does it mean for a doctrine to be plain, and then showing the main doctrines of, of Young Earth Creation as plain in, uh, plainly taught in Scripture. So we'd have to do something similar with Calvinism for this to be true. Van Til writes, there are two ways of constructing a proof for the existence of God. These two ways are mutually exclusive. The one is in accord with the basic construction of Reformed theology. The other is destructive of it. The one begins with the presupposition of the existence of the triune God of the scriptures. 
The other begins with the presupposition of man is ultimate. So you have two ways to construct a proof for God's existence. You have the biblical way, the reformed way, the transcendental presuppositional way, and then you have the evidential and the man-centered way. There are two options. Next he writes, it is only in reformed theology that the means are available to oppose this modern approach. It is rather because only in reformed theology is full justice done to, to the idea of God as man's creator. It would be noted that the point discussed in the preceding paragraph is the difference between Arminianism and Calvinism. It's, and this is even Van Til here, I think, um, using Calvinism and Reformed as uh, synonymously. It may be asked whether we should not, in apologetics, ignore the difference that exists between different theological schools and defend the common faith. From what we have said above, however, it ought to appear that we cannot take this attitude. Okay, so Van Til is holding that Calvinism is part of the main doctrines, and we have to draw our line at Calvinism. Okay, this is, this is not a point that we can just leave off and defend apologetics without taking a stance on those issues. He says, we shall not make much progress against the common enemy if we ignore such differences between ourselves. All right, but if we go through these axioms, which axioms is the evidentialist, Right? Which one? Which one of these would um, is he not? Can he not accept? So the non-Calvinist, the Arminian, which typically evidentialists are Arminian. So which axioms is the Arminian not allowed to accept? Well, in practice, they don't accept axiom one and axiom five. Now, some may, but most do not accept axiom one and axiom five. But does that necessarily follow from their position? Or is that just their preference in the day currently? I don't know. I've never seen it demonstrated that they cannot accept axiom one and axiom five, given their belief system. So it's just, I'm not sure about this. Okay, so I'm not sure we can pick an axiom and say, hey, uh, these axioms are, by their structure, inherently Calvinistic or Reformed. Well. How, we can't say it's Calvinistic in its logic. So what else is there then? Where else can we show that this argument is inherently Calvinistic or Reformed? And I think it gets into how we define God and how we define Christianity. And when you, if you look at when Van Til talks about why his apologetic is inherently Reformed or inherently Calvinistic, he goes to the type of God that we're talking about. So I think this comes down to how we define God. And then with that, obviously, how we define Christianity. So it all comes down to demonstrating then, or showing that Calvinism is plain, is plainly taught in Scripture. And if you can do that, then your definition of God and then your definition of Christianity is going to include Calvinism because it's a main doctrine. But until you can do that, we have not shown Van Til's apologetic to be inherently Reformed or Calvinistic. So this has not been demonstrated yet. Now, I plan on developing a future series similar to the Young Earth series where I defend Calvinism as a plain doctrine, where I show it to be plain. And then if that can be done, then we will have shown Van Til's apologetic to be inherently Calvinistic. So uh, be on the lookout for that coming in the future. Well, this concludes our series on Van Til's apologetic. There are still many questions, of course, that need to be answered regarding Van Til's apologetic. Not answered for the argument to work, but to further its development. 
and we plan on answering as many of these as we can in future podcasts. For more content like this, you can find us on x at underscore language games. See you next time.